Welcome to Dreamers to Leaders, Keeping It Real with Melody podcast. Melody is a classic dreamer who started as a flight attendant and worked her way to now a tech fashion trendsetter, thought leader, and dynamic entrepreneur in various industries. This podcast is for the dreamers and doers. Learn how to think, act, and speak big as business leaders share how they turned from dreamers to leaders. Hello there, and welcome to the Dreamers to Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Melody. Our guest today is an author, international speaker, and a passionate mental wellness advocate. Her book, The Unbreakable Entrepreneur, uses a unique book psychology, and no-fluff spirituality. It has helped entrepreneurs break free from the darkness of depression for good. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Jay H. Tapley. Hello, Jay. Welcome to the show. Hello, and thank you for inviting me today. Really excited to talk about all these things we have scheduled. Wonderful. So nice to have you here. Let's begin. If you could share with our audience your journey, your dreamer story on what led you to where you are today. All right. Yes, I've always been a great dreamer. Uh, right since when I was a child, I was thinking about fantasy worlds at the time. And then uh, later on growing up, I loved reading books, which also fueled that excitement and passion for discovering more. Uh, I love traveling as well. I spent some of my life in Japan and traveling around. And so my dream has always been to make a, uh, this world a better place. And it may not sound really original because many people say that, but the different thing was that I've realized that nobody was doing what I was set to do, namely uh, help people change their minds so they can change their individual worlds and then they can change collectively the way our society functions for the good of everyone. Mm -hmm. So, so you mentioned Japan, you've mentioned, um, you know, helping people. Was there any specific moment uh, in your life, Jay, where you felt this is it, this is the clear path that I am supposed to do was there a defining moment there was actually because i was teaching um well i would say in a non-official way so i had my students but i didn't have a website i didn't have an actual business for um, 20 plus years and so for the first 10 years i was doing it as i said in an unofficial way i was just helping people out i was teaching them and at the time, I was running a different business, which was a luxury lifestyle magazine. And although it was luxury lifestyle, uh, my idea behind that magazine was to, again, help people improve their lives, but through exposing them to the most beautiful things I could find, to the finest craftsmen, to the best artists. And so that was a lot of work. And people loved it, but... I just worked myself to the ground. And because of that, there was a moment when I was literally so ill, I couldn't get out of bed for two weeks. Hmm. And that burnout, I remember lying in bed thinking, well, so suppose if you died tomorrow, then what would happen? And if I thought, okay, so if I just run this same magazine and if I died, people would think, well, you know, just another magazine went down. Um, it's a shame it was a beautiful one, but okay, too bad, carry on. And I thought, well, if I instead um, drop that and focus squarely 100% on my mission of teaching people, of helping them get control over their mind, overcome dark thoughts and become stronger version of themselves, then even if I was gone tomorrow, there would still be people whose lives I've affected uh, in a positive way. My books and my, not just my students, but their students. And so I thought, well, even if I wasn't there anymore, there would still be people being able to use my work. And I thought to myself back then, I was in my early 30s, 
at that time. So I thought to myself back then, right, you know what you need to do. Mm -hmm. So it was during that moment where you were so ill and you yes. thought you could go anytime that you wanted uh, to make a change. So what, whatever happened to that luxury magazine? And, and did you, um, did you? I sold it. You sold it. So you, you founded it, you started it, and then later uh, sold it, right? That's right, yes. Uh -huh. And then from there, you began your path towards helping others with uh, eliminating dark thoughts and all that good stuff. So that's your company now. What is your company called? Unbreakable Entrepreneur. Same title as my newest book, which is this one. Wonderful, wonderful. So it's called Unbreakable uh, Entrepreneurs. So let's talk about that company, Jay. So what makes that company unique? Well, uh, firstly, because I've realized that there is not much uh, being done right now in our society to help young men on their journey and specifically entrepreneurs because they are the people who I would say in a way have the hardest life because yes, they can earn sometimes in a day or a week what people in office jobs earn for an entire year. Yeah. But at the same time, it comes at a huge, huge cost. And most people don't realize that. So what I wanted to do, I wanted to help those guys who are trying to, again, trying to make our society a better place, trying to change the world around them and really create legacy. I wanted to give them tools to overcome the darkness that typically accompanies that journey because entrepreneurship is a very lonely journey in most cases and a very strenuous and a very stressful one. And so my company focuses on helping young male entrepreneurs overcome depression, overcome feelings of anxiety, unworthiness, like I'm not good enough. You know, you may be crushing it on the front end, but deep down inside your heart, you have those doubts, you have those really dark thoughts plaguing you and not allowing you to even enjoy that life you've created. And, you know, it really pains me to see the statistics with so many young men, uh, well, women as well, but the male suicides are actually way higher. Um, so committing suicide, being depressed, uh, being not able to work, being not able to follow their mission and really serve the world the way they want to. So this is what I want to change. They say with mental depression, people conceal it, right? They, they hide it to the best that they could, but their eyes can't really hide their true uh, feelings. So uh, it is quite challenging to know that compared to physical pain, right? You have a toothache or, you know, muscle ache, etc. It'll show and it's hard for you not to complain and do something about it. But yes. uh, mental depression, on the other hand, people still battle and have those, um, you know, thoughts of maybe brushing it off or thinking that it's not really an illness or something that needs attention. So here in the U.S., with the pandemic, uh, they said, studies have shown mental depression has tripled. And... Yeah. It has consistently and continually um, has a staggering rate, continues to climb from 8% pre-pandemic to 27% during pandemic. And currently it's 32.8%. Uh, yeah. So, so one out of three American adults have mm. that um, that symptoms or um, fall in that rate of having mental depression. And yes. I would imagine with what's going on with, with the economy, with the recession, plus more depression, uh, maybe, you know? So, um, so with your company and, and with what you do, do you think traditional therapy is effective? If so, how? And if not, why? 
Sure. Well, I believe if it were effective, we wouldn't have 32% of people still being depressed. So uh, I also, when I looked into it, uh, the statistics are not really good because it said that a huge percent of people actually relapses after therapy or like group therapy. And so this is not ideal. And I understand it may work for someone, but there is no one size or one approach fits all, in my opinion. And especially because uh, innately different groups of people have uh, different mental processes and have a different outlook on the world. So, for example, a person who does nine to five has a different outlook on the world and feels differently in general than a person who runs his or her own business. And so that's another distinction. And obviously, you know, um, the way, for example, a female mind feels and sees reality, again, is very different from the male mind. And because I've noticed that they don't, seem to, uh, they don't seem to differentiate their approach. And yes, we're all similar on some level, but at the same time, there are huge differences in the way we perceive reality, in the way we feel, in the way we think as a group. Right. So for example, let's say a person who does nine to five perceive the world in a different way from someone who manages his or her own business. And um, a female mind in general perceives reality in a different way from the male mind and this thinking processes are different as well. And so what I've noticed with therapists is that they tend to have like a set procedure that they implement regardless of who they're talking to. And this is why I think they may create results for a small group of people who is fit for that set procedure, but the majority of them actually relapses. And I looked at the relapse rates and well, obviously depending on what therapy it is, sometimes the relapse rate are as high as 92%. So wow. almost everyone goes back to struggling with the same problem. And so I think because of that, we need to expand our toolkit and we need to look at other things to keep ourselves healthy and fit. So an alternative approach. So what, what do you recommend, Jay? My best solution is to A, learn how your mind functions. It's not that difficult. And B, learn how to operate it. So I always give this example when talking to students. Imagine in the old days, and I still remember those old days, when people used to be able to fix their own cars. So if your car broke down, you got out, you had your toolkit, you knew exactly what different parts were doing and or not doing, and then you would just fix it, right? Uh, which is beyond your way. And so I think with our mind, the best place to be in, in life is to have this kind of uh, self-sufficiency, self-sovereignty, where you know that if something goes wrong, you don't need to rely on anyone. You can just get out your mental toolbox, uh, get whatever you need for this particular problem and just fix it. And luckily, the mind is quite predictable in the way it works. So when something goes wrong, I say it as an error code, you know, like you have in your computer. Uh -huh. And so if you know how to understand those, if you know how to read those error codes, you know what to do about them. Mm -hmm. So I, I like that term, mental sovereignty. I like that. Uh, so how does, one, how does one cultivate that? The best way to start is to learn about your mind. And I would say the main thing to understand is from learning who you really are. Uh -huh. And people think, oh, it's unknowable. It's not true. Certain things are unknowable, but you may not even need them. What you need to understand and what you can understand very clearly is that you are not just a physical being. You are a spiritual being, an energy being, having this physical experience. And so once you learn 
to step aside from uh, what your body feels, from what your mind feels, and be that observer of your mind and your body, you get more control over what you feel. And what it also does, it allows you to scan your mind and to find those errors that I was talking about. And essentially, depression obviously comes from different sources and there are physical aspects to it as well. But at the end of the day, depression is a subdued, fermented anger. And that anger, and this is why depression arises after traumatic events that happened in mm -hmm. society, because there is a lot of anger which you would think is directed outside at the government, at the economy and, and the raising prices and all of that. But those are just distractions. What most people right. don't realize, they are actually really angry with themselves. Yep, because it's basically how one process their those information, right? Those stimulus or whatever uh, circumstances that surround them. So if you have a different way in processing over those information that are given to you, then it'll affect you differently, right? Absolutely, absolutely. If you change your perspective on things, so again, you're not a physical being. You're not a victim. Life does not happen to you. Life is responding to you. You are a spiritual being and you can and should shape your, uh, your life trajectory, your reality in the way that is in alignment with your wishes, with your goals, with your soul's evolution. And this is why so many people get angry with themselves. What they don't realize sadly is that anger is now coming from the external uh, stimuli. Mm -hmm. Those are just reflections. Those are just outlets for those people. But really, it's a deeply seated discontent okay. and resentment with themselves. And the reason why they feel that discontent and resentment is because when we don't acknowledge fully who we are, and this is super important. So this is not some like, oh, spiritual love. This is super important. So if we don't fully acknowledge who we are, namely, we are spiritual beings having this physical experience. Yeah, when we don't acknowledge that, and when we don't understand that, and when we don't use that, part of our mind, that is our subconscious mind or our soul, really hates that. And it starts resenting our ego's decisions. So that anger actually is that anger directed at the other part of the mind that is keeping our innate power suppressed. And because we are born as powerful beings naturally, not being able to realize that power and use it consciously, you know, that personal power that sits within creates a lot of anger and distress. And this actually is what um, creates the root of depression, is where depression originates from, because that anger means that we don't feel empowered enough. We don't feel in control. Because notice how people who are truly powerful are really calm, because they have realized their place in the universe. So really, we are all looking for our place in the universe. We're all looking for that place of power and calm and serenity and not being able to get there because something in your own mind is stopping you from getting there, creates anger and resentment towards that part of the mind that is stopping you from getting there. But because the distractions are out there and there are plenty of them, people think, oh, yeah, I'm angry because of the government. I'm angry because of the prices. But really what, they're, what their soul is saying, I'm angry because I feel trapped, because I'm not in my life where I feel I should be. I can't mold I like my that. reality in accordance with my wishes. I'm not, I'm not feeling free. I'm not feeling um, empowered to serve my mission and believe my purpose. And that is what killing those people from the inside, in my observation. So, so Jay, 
that's loaded. And, and, and I, um, I do see a lot of light in, in, in what you're, you're saying. So first is the acknowledgement. Once the person then acknowledges that, yes, there's something in them that makes them angry uh, with themselves and they feel trapped, how, how do they then um, treat, treat that? So A, they acknowledge, B, they want to get out of it. They understand, they want to forgive themselves and they want to heal and be at that place of power and calmness. How does one start that journey of healing? I would honestly suggest finding a good mentor or a good teacher to take you there. So not a therapist per se, but a trainer, because mental fitness is like physical fitness. You go to the gym, you exercise, (laughs) and then you get stronger. So mental fitness is very similar to that. You find a mentor, you find a trainer, and then you train together. And instead of thinking of yourself as an ill person or someone who has this mental illness, just think of yourself of someone whose mind is giving errors to be fixed. Ooh. Uh, you know, I was actually revisiting. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Silva, Silva Mind, uh, Silva Mind Techniques. And yes. uh, so 2014 did that kind of just browsing through, you know, previous notes. And I remember, I remember liking it before and now kind of would want to, uh, piggyback on, on, on what you're saying about deleting and, and looking at stuff that yes. serves no purpose anymore. So if, um, if what you create starts with your mind and suddenly you have those dark thoughts, right? Or things that you just really don't want and you don't want what you are thinking of to grow and manifest, etc. So what you do right away, say cancel, 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 cancel that. And somehow your mind can process that information as well. So in view of delete, you can can also maybe use that um, as a technique. I have a friend actually that is going through uh, a dark period in her life after a death and um, is spiraling down to uh, depression. So she's at a crossroad of, uh, of wanting to take meds because everyone seems to say that that would be the the quickest way because they see her suffer, but her mind. So this is what you're saying about her soul doesn't seem to agree. So so now I feel like she is more torn because of what everyone around her is saying, Yes, but her soul doesn't seem to want to. So now it's like half a year or or longer of her still kind of battling to take or not to take. Mm. However, she's, she's going through that, um, you know, mindfulness and doing meditation, etc. cetera. Uh, the article that you sent Jay um, about, you know, it's a newspaper that featured your work and it said specifically about your purpose driven um, path of having that, combination of uh, spirituality and psychology. So having yes. those combined is a good um, alternative, you know, for people yes. with, with depression. So, um, so let's talk about uh, Absolutely. You actually yeah. remind, uh, reminded me because there was um, a case, one of my students who spoke to me recently, and he used to take a lot of medications for his depression and anxiety and after training with me for a few months he now lives completely meds free and he said I never look back this is the best place to be because he explained that those meds weren't really helping him per se but they were numbing him and so he felt like yes half himself Uh, He felt like everything was happening in some fog. So he wasn't fully in control. His mind wasn't sharp. He wasn't enjoying his life. He was just kind of half a zombie, as he described it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's that's, that's what my my friend actually said as well. Like a zombie, and it's so artificial, like you're floating, and you don't feel anything. So it's a numbing. Uh, exactly and you know if you want to create something great if you want to make a difference in the world and contribute greatly that 
place where you are now when you are not functioning like yourself, well, you can imagine how difficult, stroke impossible it would be to do your best work in that state. Also, also if one gets to like that numbing feeling, then the addiction and obsession uh, would then happen. And that's her fear because she, she had a taste of it and she thinks, oh my God, yes, suddenly she doesn't feel anything. So the pain mm -hmm. uh, is basically masked, right? But she knows it's temporary. So, so I like what you said about your soul really is telling you something. Absolutely, absolutely. Your soul is uh, is trying to guide you. It's like your internal sadness. Mm -hmm. So if you listen to it, it will take you to the best place. Take you, and meditation would help you uh, be guided on what your inner self, your inner being, is basically um, telling you. Right? So, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, massively. So, so meditation. There's so many school of thoughts on how yes. to do it properly. And, and I remember we would have that conversation and she would ask me how I do it. And then I said, you know, uh, it has to be stress-free. It has to be like, you know, that you're not really putting so much um, pressure on yourself, etc. <laughs> yes, but what sure. is your take? What is your take on what is a proper meditation? Well, there are different kinds of meditation. Most people right. don't even understand what meditation means. And for what we need to know, I would say meditation is like a workout for the mind. So just as in the morning, you may do some stretches, you may do some weightlifting, depends what your morning routine is. Right. Meditation is the same kind of thing, but for your mind. So it makes your mind stronger. And if it doesn't, then... It's not really a time well spent. And there are lots of different kinds of meditation. And usually because most people don't know how to do it and they imagine that meditation is making your mind empty of thoughts, good luck with that. Yeah, then exactly. <laughs> then, um, uh, then they get really frustrated. And the more frustrated they get, the more that negative tension is building up. So when right. they try to meditate, uh, they get worse and worse results. Now, I'm going to tell you that there are so many different kinds of meditation. And I would say you can even do a meditation that lasts one minute and have amazing results if you do it right. And the mistake that most people make I've noticed like 99% of people don't know this step. Remember what I said about meditation being like a physical workout. And so, as we all know, if you just start doing your workout without any warm up, that can lead to injury. Uh -huh. So, if you start doing meditation without any workout, you won't get optimal results. So you need a warm-up beforehand, and then you can meditate, and then you can have amazing transformations through a meditation. So how do we do the warm-up? It has to do with slowing down our brain because our brain has different speeds, and they're described like alpha frequency, yeah, beta mm -hmm. frequency, and so forth. So these different speeds, they're like gears in our mind. And they do different things. So right now, talking to you, you're listening to me, we are both in beta because we both are doing high-frequency activities, listening, understanding, and talking. Mm -hmm. And most people spend in beta the majority of their day. So they're thinking about something. Basically, beta is a thinking frequency, so a thinking gear. Now, if you try to meditate without taking your brain from the thinking gear... It's not going to work because your brain is spinning too fast. You're bombarded with thoughts. So as soon as you sit down, you have like millions of thoughts and, and emotions and what's now coming at you. And then you try, okay, so I'm meditating, meditating. I wonder what's for dinner. Uh, and the boss said this to me, and, you know, all <laughs> these things. So uh, you need to shift your brain 
to a different gear to get the most out of your meditation. And there are several, but the best one for the beginners is the alpha speed. Okay, so the alpha frequency. And the alpha is a little bit slower than uh, the better one. And we can actually experience it consciously. So most people, see, most people don't know what they can do with their, oh, with their brains once they know how to operate them. So we can go from beta to alpha on demand. We can tell our brain, okay, slow down. All right. Tell me, Jay. <laughs> sure. I, I will actually do it with you right now. Let's so do it. from beta, we are going to go to alpha. And all you need is your sleeve. Sleep? Your jacket sleeve, yeah. If you look at it, okay. So what you do right now, you put it in front of you like this, okay? So the sleeve. And now with your other hand, touch the fabric. And your task is to, you can stroke it a little bit. And your task is to really feel the texture. So focus squarely on what you are sensing with your fingers. So what are you feeling? What kind of texture? It's not silky. It is uh, a little bit uh, patchy. <laughs> um, yeah, just, just feel it. Just feel it. And notice what is happening to your thought processes. So it's diverted towards just the feeling of... The yes, texture. notice that your thoughts actually slow down and disappear. Mm -hmm. Because you're in alpha. Aha. Uh -huh. So alpha is basically diverting from having all those racing thoughts to something that is um that means nonsensical type of thing <laughs> just um, that means feeling mm -hmm. feeling because you are focused on feeling the same thing would happen if you tasted a really delicious food in that moment, your thoughts would slow down and go quiet naturally because oh. you're focused on feeling. The sensation, so experiencing. So sensory yes. experience versus thought, right? So yes. diverting, diverting your thoughts towards something that you can uh, experience. Well, uh, taste or touch is the easiest just so thing. Okay, got us. it. Yes, I, I mean, like that. Um, that is the quickest hug to uh, making your brain and notice how much calmer you're feeling right now. Uh -huh. Right, right, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. So you talked about tips for our audience out there uh, to be able to do. Um, self-discovery so how does one do that that is actually a very pleasurable experience and Aha. you're going to get a lot of kick out of it because when done right it's amazing so as i mentioned before you begin with a warm-up so if you are really pressed for time you can use that hack that i explained just now but there is a way of doing a proper warm-up and this is through your body so you want to slow down your brain and your mind through relaxing your body and there is a meditation on my youtube channel that teaches you to do it but i'm going to talk you through it really quickly right now so essentially what it does you need to teach your body to relax because most of us don't remember what it feels like we're so used to being tense that if someone said to you okay you need to relax your body probably wouldn't know what to do because it may not have the reference point. So the easiest thing to teach it again is to start with your shoulders and pull them all the way to the ground. Okay, so if you pull your shoulders with your hands flat on your lap, yeah. So if you pull your shoulders all the way to the ground, what you will, and then release, okay? Mm -hmm. So they will spring back a little bit and you can do it again. So pull, all, pull right down all the way to the ground, release, yeah. So notice what is happening to your shoulder area. So it's releasing uh, tension, right? Exactly, exactly. And a good thing, to, yes. And a good thing to do is to bring your attention to that area consciously so that you remember and you teach your body 
what it feels like to be relaxed. So if someone tells you relax, you know what to do. And then secondly, you do the same thing with your, uh, with your fingers. So as your hands are supported on your lap or on the table or on the desk, you start gently stretching your fingers in all directions. So like this, but keep them supported. I'm just, I'm just showing an example. So keep them supported, stretch both hands in all directions while being focused on what you feel. Okay. And when you can't go out any further, stop pulling and just allow your hands to rest. Okay. And as before, notice what it feels like. Now, in your mind, connect those areas. So connect your shoulders with your hands and allow that warm wave of relaxation to circulate around and then spread throughout your body as well. And see if you can make your breathing just a little bit slower and a little bit deeper, just as much as comfortable. Right? And now it's perfect that you are sitting in a chair because you now can unlock your feet by pulling your toes away from your face, but very gently. Again, as far as they can possibly go. Just straight away, not curl up. Away. 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 Yeah, away. So like that. Okay. And then once again, when you can't go out any further, simply allow them to rest on the floor. Uh, notice what your mind is doing at this, at this moment. So it's just focus on the feeling, the sensation, that relaxing feeling. It's amazing how within seconds, right? You're right. You can actually do this warm up. Amazing. Absolutely. And now, if you wanted to do any meditation, it's going to be like turbocharged. So we, (laughs) so the best play, the best thing to do, if you, you don't even know, you you don't need to have any experience in meditation. So you do this warm up, you are in the right place to meditate. And now in that moment, in that state, ask yourself what it is that you are feeling right now, what kind of emotions. So no judging, simply Uh labeling. Uh And then once you've labeled your emotions, pretty much like a researcher. So once you've labeled your emotions, then ask yourself, what are the dominant emotions in my life? What are the feelings that I experience the most often and the thoughts that I think the most often? And in that state, you have access to your subconscious and your memory expands. So you will usually get the answer straight away. And if not, very shortly after. And with that, your journey of self-discovery starts. And I must tell you that for many people, it can be so enlightening, just this experience, when they realize that, oh my God, this emotion is actually running my entire life. And no wonder that I'm feeling, say, depressed, because if I feel, well, for example, if I feel like an imposter, if I feel unworthy, then of course, Of course, part of me would always sabotage whatever I'm doing and I would be feeling really bad about it. And this is why I'm Mm. depressed. So you see that self-discovery can be really easy. And I know many people are being told to be intimidated by it unnecessarily because it can be as easy as that. And I would suggest doing this little exercise three to five times a day and set up uh, an alarm on your phone whenever it goes off. Give yourself 30 seconds. The reason why I'm saying 30 seconds is because you give your ego no excuse. Because everyone can find 30 seconds, like always. Right. So what you need to do is to relax your body, just as we did before. And it only takes a couple of seconds. And ask yourself what it is that you're feeling right now. Then relax your breathing. Change your mindset for something else. And the easiest way is not to try and suppress the negative feeling, but to focus squarely on the positive ones. So shift your attention and simply treat that negative feeling as someone who exists, but you don't have the time to talk to them right now. So a good example would be, say you are going down the street and you're in a hurry and you see someone 
who is coming towards you, you acknowledge them. It's like, hey, but you don't have the time to talk to them right now. So you don't stop. So treat your negative emotions and feelings like that. Bye. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, hey, I know you're there, but right now I choose to focus on the positive. And obviously this is a temporary measure because ultimately you want to work with someone who can tell you um, what to do and show you the way out. And this is why I spoke about having a mentor earlier, because, you know, there is the saying, your mind is a dangerous neighborhood. Don't go there alone. (laughs) True, true. No, because, and the reason why I think that what you said um, is very helpful is because once you've done the self-discovery, and, and, and I like what you said about you label the feeling. And by doing yes. that, you're not, you're not personalizing it. You're just kind of saying that that's it, but that's not you. That's right. And, and let's say once the feeling is there and the monster is out and you feel that it's regret or it's um, maybe rem- uh, like a guilt. I think that people yes. have a lot of uh, uh, guilt. Yes. So once that they have that the monkey behind them is in front of them, then I think that's where you need uh, someone to help you kind of battle, <laughs> battle yes. that monster that you were able to un- uncover, right? And it's a journey. Absolutely. It's a journey. Absolutely. Yes. You need someone because sometimes those dark ideas and shadows can grow and appear overwhelming and quite often they are so even though they're creations of our own mind sometimes we need an ally to win with them and i like it quite often, i like it i like the process uh, because then when you have discovered and you're about to reach for that prescription right? Yes. Then you have someone to say, okay, try this, try this route, etc. So, and in fairness, that's kind of what I told my friend, you know, you have to be able to, um, you know, do your research and um, find out someone that you could trust to be able yes. to, to be there uh, to help you and guide you. Yes. So she's in step one, which is the knowing that mindfulness and meditation uh, would help. But then again, like the other day, you know, she texted me, I'm having some, some attack, you know what I mean? Like um, panic attack or, or what have you. So, um, but anyway, so this is helpful. This podcast for sure is going to be the first uh I'm going to share this first thing uh, with her. (laughs) Yes, I wanted to share a a quick uh, hack uh, against anxiety attacks. There is a way to make your mind uh, not do that, or at least make it a lot, lot slower and like more manageable. Yes. Want to know? Okay. I'm listening. And it's um, it's it's again, it's super easy. So all you need to do, you do the warm up, right? And from that place, uh, you need to focus on your body and imagine that inside your body, there is a little ball of golden energy and it's super bright. It's like diamond bright. And as you breathe, breathe slowly into that ball and imagine it expanding. So it's energy. And obviously, as you put your attention to it, it starts expanding. And so it grows and grows until it comes up And it surrounds your entire body within like a ball of light. So you're sitting inside that ball right now and focus on the feeling of being safe and protected in that moment of being supported by that energy. And you can imagine that uh, outside layer as thick as you like, but essentially it's so bright that it doesn't really matter because it's already strong. So what it will do, it will give your mind a signal that you are safe, that everything is fine and that you don't need to worry. And quite often it will switch that because anxiety is another, like an arrow code message, arrow message mm-hmm. code. So it will usually switch that arrow message when it receives this kind of stimuli. Mm-hmm. So, so- that moment where when one is feeling some sort of a panic attack or anxiety and the onset yeah so you can see it coming yeah you can see it coming and what you need to do is to just think all right I acknowledge that 
But right now I'm busy with my warm up and then imagining that ball and just be really, really uh, focused on it. And thing is, though, with anxiety, because it gives so much um, excitement. I know it's negative excitement, but it is excitement. And so some people can get addicted to it because we are addicted Uh to strong emotions. And Mm -hmm. it's important to acknowledge that if, if you keep doing it, your mind may get addicted and your body may get addicted to that cocktail of chemicals. And so it will try to kind of get its high. So with that in mind, again, as I said, no judgment, no being annoyed with yourself, just simply acknowledging it because it's a human thing. You know, we, this is what we do. If we experience some high, we sometimes get addicted to it. So say to yourself, I don't need it right now. I don't need it. I value myself more. And then just focus on that, creating that energy ball and feeling yourself as your best self and really, really puts your foot down because it may feel difficult to begin with, but your mind learns quite quickly. So it's like a, like a, well, say artificial intelligence, you know, you show things several times. And then artificial intelligence can learn, but your mind has the same ability and actually better. So if you show it a few times that there are things that you wanted to do and there are things that you don't want it to do, it will learn. And with time, it will uh, become a learned automated response. Because as you know, if we keep doing something repeatedly, our mind goes into that uh, semi-automatic mode. And this will happen as well. So every time you feel, oh, I'm feeling a bit off, I'm feeling like anxiety may be just coming closer and closer instead of just being swapped by it, uh, being swiped by it and going straight into it, you can think, okay, so I have this method that works for me and I actually value my mental peace and my mental sovereignty more than I value the chemical cocktail that is created by that intense emotion. Right, right. So I think for our audience out there, it's so it's important to be open, be open to this quite an orthodox uh, way because everyone just kind of it's easy to just say, okay, call this doctor or or do this, right? Yeah. Uh, but I totally can see what you're saying, Jay, that if uh, if someone is having on the onset of, of that emotion and you visualize uh, that that energy, that ball of energy and have that, um, that awareness of the warmth, maybe that yes. one feels, right? Or the fine vibration or that fine tingling sensation set yes. and going back to what you said a while ago from the thought of panic to now sensing things so the emotion yes. then shifts it right so so I, I really I really like that you talked about mindfulness and and a while ago you talked about your um your magazine and your students etc 20 years of of journey but it yes. seems like you don't look a day older than 20, like in your, <laughs> in your teens. Yeah, so you pe- think, people say so. So you think it's mindfulness or meditation? Oh, absolutely. So there are special techniques that you can use to keep your body the way you want it to be. And famously, you know Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yes. Uh-huh. So he admitted that when he was preparing for his roles, for example, and he needed more muscle, as he was working out at the gym, he was actually not just physically training his body. He was also visualizing at the same time the result that he wanted to achieve. And so the result would come way faster than it normally would because everything your mind says your body hears and responds to and so in my case i feel that this is the optimal state for me to serve the world the way i want to so i want to keep my body strong and healthy because this is part of my work this is what i need to succeed on my path 
And because of that, I've chosen to uh, slow down uh, my aging. And I know it puzzles many people because now as I'm in my 40s, people give me really puzzled looks. But I think, uh, I think it's great because then you can show that what you do really works. Uh-huh. 100%. So you are uh, the gallery. You are the testimonial that mindfulness, and if you set your intention on slowing down aging for being youthful and whatever other intentions that you want, then you radiate that, you manifest that, right? Yes, yes. You know, what's, uh, what's interesting is... Um, I think it was just last month. Uh, and, and I was kind of having this intention of making sure that I drink this much water every day, right? And I'm thinking, yes. you know, it's so boring to just drink the water. So now when I'm drinking the water, I'm also setting intentions and, on whatever it is that I want. So you're going through the motion and why not set whatever visualization oh, or absolutely. affirmation that you could do at the same time? Right. Absolutely. With water, you can make it even more powerful because water absorbs our emotions. Have you seen those pictures of water frozen after different words being spoken to it? No, no, no. But Silva actually has uh, something to that effect where you set your intention, you know, and you have your 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 glass of water before you sleep, etc. But yeah, tell me about that, Jay. (laughs) Yes. So... What you need to do, think of an intention of your choice. So it can be anything, say health, uh, better focus, um, useful appearance, anything you like. And then as you're holding that water in your hands, imagine that there is a golden energy, like a sparkly golden energy coming out of your hands with that intent. So it's infused with that intent into the water and it becomes like a little whirlpool there as that energy starts rotating inside the glass or inside the bottle. And imagine that the amount of that energy coming from out of your hands is growing and becoming more and more. And so the water starts shining, you know, it's like liquid light. And when you get that image in your mind, then you can drink it and the result is going to show up so much faster. Right? See, my soul was guiding me to do something uh, to that effect. So thank you, uh, Jay, for for sharing that. That's awesome. Now, let's go straight to your book, The Unbreakable Entrepreneur. So um, it's out already. Uh, What's the main soundbite? What's your elevator pitch uh, for that book? I wrote it for the guys in business, for entrepreneurs, who want to keep crushing it and achieving more and serving the world greatly, serving their teams, their community, but they feel like there is some dark power holding them back. They feel trapped by some dark thought loops and the feelings of just suffocating grief and sadness and feeling of unworthiness even because you feel that you want to drive your business forward, but it's like some invisible enemy that is holding you back. And so this book explains you how your mind works so you can become self-sufficient. You can understand where those errors, error messages are coming from. And at the same time, at the back, it has loads of techniques that you can start using straight away, even if you don't meditate. Mind you, most entrepreneurs do meditate because this is how you distress after a busy day and you can focus better. So many of them already have this morning routine, but most likely this meditation and these techniques are nothing like you've ever experienced. So Ah. I sincerely recommend that. And also it shows you, as I said, It shows you the exact structure of your mind here where you can learn how the different levels of your mind interact with each other and how your mind can create that internal war, that depression and the feelings of anxiety and the feelings of unworthiness and guilt. And then being at war with itself, it just saps up all your energy. And this is why 
you can't work on your business. You can't serve your clients to your full potential because your mind is basically consuming itself at that moment. And this is why doing everyday tasks can become so tough. And this book explains you the first steps you can take straight away to feel better instantly. So it's a, it's a guide to have a practicable, practical, actionable uh, tips that they could use right away to help them fight the invisible enemy, right? And it's those That's right. dark thoughts that loom and follow you regardless of where you hide, right? <laughs> exactly, so, exactly. So if you always feel that you're not quite enough, not quite complete, that something is missing, this book is going to explain to you how to fix that. Wonderful, wonderful. So going back to what you said about waking up and deciding, okay, close shop magazine, then do something that creates and makes a remarkable difference in people's lives to impact people's lives. What better way to do that than giving them those helpful tools right in their hands, flip through the pages and whisk them away from their from their misery and sorrow and being stuck. Right, Jay? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is why I'm doing my work. And this is why I actually have uh, several books. So not just one. I've got, this is uh, some of my library. I'll show here. Wonderful. This oh is God. the one. This is um, the one that you were curious about. The one that starts in Tokyo. In Tokyo. So, so did you write that uh, in, in Tokyo? What does it say again? Can you um, put it on? Um, so, um, so it's called The Lightwish Chronicles. It's actually Light being uh, made into a dramatized audio series right now. Oh my God, I'm so proud of you. Wonderful. All right. So tell me about that. What's the, what's the highlight, high level info of that book? And the drama, oh, the drama series. Very, oh yes, absolutely. I, <laughs> I must admit, when they sent me a sample, it just made me completely geek out <laughs> because, because it was just great. And this is a very different book to mm. everything that people say they've ever read because although it's a story, it's a novel, and it's got all the elements that a good story should have, you know, time travel and friendship and loyalty and Aww. dragons, you know, all of it. But at the same time, it's not just a story like you read a fantasy book, you put it on the shelf and that's it. This story is interactive. And so as you step into that world, it becomes your world. So imagine reading, say, Harry Potter or watching Star Wars, and that's it. You get sucked into that world, and now you live in there. Like a metaverse, uh, like actually being there virtually type of thing. Uh, in a way, basically your reality becomes partially reality from the book. And many people say that that they started living in that book. And the weirdest thing was I once met uh, one of my readers uh, that was in Europe. And so he said to me, they use a um, very ancient language and he greeted me in, in the language from my book. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is happening. <laughs> this is literally this reality we're living in. And the main thing uh, why this book I believe is so valuable is that you are not just reading it for entertainment. This book has a lot of lessons about your mind, about the universe, about the nature of who we are. And you get to learn with the characters. So as they go through the journey, it's a book about three young guys, warriors, uh, who have special powers. They are completely clueless to begin with, like many of us are. Right. And then as they go through the journey, they learn a lot of things and they meet amazing beings and they collect all those very, very profound and valuable lessons. And as you follow their journey, you get to learn that as well. So you basically join and sit with them by the fire and listen to the stories. So, so Jay, who, who picked up uh, that story for to make it into a series? Is it Tokyo or, um, or in England? It's in England. It's a company called Be Here. 
be here. Wonderful. Hey, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So for all our um, audience out there that wish to know more about you, what's the best way for them to reach you, Jay? I would say the best way is through social media. Just look the un- uh, look up the Unbreakable Entrepreneur. So I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, I'm on YouTube, I'm on TikTok. And also uh, I'm on Telegram. So I have a free group with unique resources just for my students on Telegram. And the easiest way to, to do it is to get one of my books, for example. And at the back, you will see an invitation link to the group right here. And then you can join for free and you can learn a lot that I don't share anywhere else. And also you can just go directly to my website, theunbreakable.one and connect with me that way. So I'm a very sociable person. I really love meeting new people. So if you feel that my work resonates with you, by all means, let's, let's chat. Let's, uh, let's definitely share, connect, and engage uh, accordingly, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Wonderful. All right. So, Jay, this wraps up our show. Thank you so much for all of those valuable information and those unique, unique uh, perspective and tips that you've shared uh, with our audience. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me today. It's been a pleasure. And for all our dreamers out there, Keep believing. You got this. Till next time.